reaching for the stars, the power of a lunatic's dream. My name is Dr. Maggie Adairn Pocock. I'm a chaotic, but I think sometimes coming up with a out of the box thinking can be good. And I'm a self-certified lunatic <laughs> because all my life I have been fascinated by the moon. Or day or night, I am there mesmerized by the moon. And it started very young for me, my love of the moon, because my father told me about the moon that he saw in Africa. So he'd be cycling along, going to school on his Raleigh bicycle, and he'd look up and the moon was his companion lighting his way. So I knew if the moon was good enough for my father, it was definitely good enough for me. And so that lunacy has continued throughout my life. And in 1969, the moon landings happened. Now, I was too young to remember the moon landings, as the saying goes that I was taking my first small wobbly steps as Neil Armstrong was taking his giant leap. Kennedy made a promise in 1961 to get a man, unfortunately, to the moon by the end of the decade. And at that time, that was pure lunacy because the Americans had only a very small footprint in space. Now, Yuri Gagarin had been launched into space and he had orbited the Earth and then landed successfully back on Earth. But the Americans had only done what I call a suborbital flight. So the fact that Kennedy made this promise was crazy. Because this is the challenge. They had to take off from the surface of the Earth, orbit the Earth, and then get all the way to the moon, land on the moon's surface, take off from the moon again, and then get all the way back home. Truly a crazy dream. But they did succeed. On the 20th of July, 1969, Neil Armstrong made that epic comet as he stepped out onto the moon's surface. That's one small step for man. They had such a profound effect on me. One You've got to think big. We've all got to think big. And thinking big has been sort of very much a part of my life. The space era was born about 63 years ago. And as I said, I was born into that exciting time. I heard about Yuri Gagarin. I heard about sort of Neil Armstrong walking on the sort of moon surface. And I wanted to be part of that. And rather embarrassingly, I still do. I want to get out there into space. So I do have a big dream. And so as a little girl, I had this crazy dream set from the get-go that I wanted to get out there into space. I wanted to travel into space and see the curvature of the Earth, just like Yuri Gagarin had. So this was my big idea as a child. But my big idea came crashing down around me when I went to school. When I went to school, I had undiagnosed dyslexia. Now, when you first go to school, it's all about reading and writing. And so the fact that I had dyslexia, a bit of ADHD, wasn't beneficial. It meant that um, I was put in the remedial class. And so I used to sit at the back of the class, you know, with the safety scissors and the glue. And I had big dreams in my head, but it felt as if they weren't going to come to fruition because I was the dumb one at the back of the class. And so I decided quite early on that I didn't like school and school didn't like me. But there was a massive change around for me and it really shows me the power of sort of good communication. And I was sitting in a science class. I was at the back and I didn't pay much attention, but science is what got people into space. So in science, I paid a bit more attention. And the teacher asked a question, and the question was this. 
if a one litre bottle of water weighs one kilogram, what does one cubic centimetre of water weigh? And I thought about it. One of the things about being dyslexic is I'm quite logical. And so I was able to think, oh, okay, yeah, so one cubic centimetre, that's a thousandth of a litre, and a thousandth of a kilogram is one gram. So one cubic centimetre of water should weigh one gram. So I thought, yeah, I, I've got this. And so I answered the question and I got it right. And at that moment, oh, sorry about that. But it was as if heavenly angels were sort of speaking to me. And so one of the lessons I've learned is in changing times and in times of uncertainty, look for the opportunities. And I've done that and I've seen this in my life as well. There was a great film that came out a few years ago called Hidden Figures. And in this film, there was a group of black women who were working for NASA at the time of the Apollo landings. At one point, a woman called Katherine Johnson, her team of what they called the coloured computers, these were a group of black women who did calculations. They were going to be made redundant because the new IBM computer was coming our way and they didn't need these coloured computers anymore, these coloured women doing the calculations. And so she looked for an opportunity and she went to a library and she found a book on Fortran. Now, she went to a white library and found this book, but she wasn't allowed to borrow it because it was a white library. So the book accidentally fell in her bag and she took it back to her team, taught them Fortran. And in the end, she became the head of the uh, sort of IBM computer group. And they merged the colored computers of the colored people doing the calculations and the white people doing the calculations. And she was the sort of supervisor for all of them. I went to 13 different schools and I went, remember going to one school and they said, OK, um, what group should you be in? You know, sort of yeah, bottom stream, middle stream or top stream. Now, all my life I had been in the bottom stream, but I lied. <laughs> and this is a theme, sort of yeah, telling lies and stealing books. <laughs> but I did. I told a lie and I said that I should be in the top stream because I realised that it's much easier to go down than it is to go up. And so I got put in the top stream because my records hadn't come through and I worked my socks off. And because of that, I was able to get closer to my dream. The driving force behind it was having that lunatic dream, that crazy dream, because then you find ways of, sort of overcoming hurdles. And so I was able to go to university, sort of A-levels and a degree in physics and a PhD in mechanical engineering. I mentioned that I was a chaotic and I sort of go in many different directions. And so I think that's been very much reflected in my career. I get to do things that I would have never thought possible as a child. I'm quite lucky because I'm a scientist, but I get to do quite artistic stuff as well. Case in point is this. Um, it's a Sky One drama called Intergalactic. And it's about a group of criminal women who steal a spaceship and then travel to another galaxy. I'll tell you why in a minute, but it's quite a challenging thing to do. But in this Sky drama, I was the scientific consultant. And they spoke to me about the storylines and things like that. They built a spaceship and my daughter and I were running around the spaceship taking pictures and it was getting me closer to my crazy dream of getting into space. It was in a large hangar in Manchester, but it felt as if I was in space. Working on this and talking about science and seeing how we can use creative ideas to hopefully inspire people to watch programmes and sort of think about space and everything out there was just so much fun. I think the lesson that I've learned from my experiences and also at the moon landings is together we can achieve the seemingly impossible. And there's so many examples of this in science today. A few years ago, we had the first detection of what we call a gravitational wave. 
This was predicted by Einstein over 100 years ago, and it took almost 100 years to the day before we got the first detection. And a gravitational wave is a ripple in space-time. So when massive objects like black holes or things called neutron stars collide together, they send out ripples in the space-time continuum. And that's when you take 3D space and time and smush them together. We're able to actually detect these gravitational waves so we can do the seemingly impossible. There's so much going on out there and the idea that we could possibly get out there is still giving me goosebumps. <laughs> Even the craziest dreams can come true. The question is, when will my crazy dream come true? We're talking about the seemingly impossible again, because last year we celebrated the 50th anniversary of the first moon landings, and now people are talking about going to the moon again. And this is getting me all riled up. People are talking about having a moon base. NASA are talking about the lunar gateway and the idea of using a moon base to actually travel out further into the solar system. And people are really latching onto this idea going back to the moon, using it as a base, a sort of a launch pad to go out to the rest of the solar system and maybe beyond. We have this vision of the future. There's lots of things that could stop this happening, funding and things like that. But I think if you have the vision, the big idea, the crazy idea, then I think we'll find a way of doing it. The moon landings, I thought we'd be living on the moon by now. We're sort of stymied by money and political will and things like that. But I want to reach the stars. I want to get out there. And so recently we discovered that there is an exoplanet. That's what we call these planets going around other stars. An exoplanet going around our next door neighbor star. We know that this exoplanet is about the size of Earth. And so this to me is sort of a, a calling card. There's a planet just next door. Let's go. <laughs> but the problem is traveling from our star system to the next door star system using current technology, that journey of 40 trillion kilometers would take 76,000 years. So the idea of me sort of just nipping over to the next star system just seems a long, long, long way away. But the late, great Stephen Hawking was championing a new project. And the project was called Project Starshot. And with Project Starshot, what they wanted to do is they want to actually use a technology we're using in space at the moment. It's called a solar sail. And it's just a sheet of metallized plastic that sits in space, very, very thin, very, very light. But what you can do is, from Earth, you can send photons, packets of light via laser beams up into space, and you can accelerate that solar sail. You can accelerate it to a fifth of the speed of light. Now, there's lots of technology to sort out before we can do this, but we can travel to the next door neighbor star. Potentially, the journey would just take 20 years. But I think what we need to do is we need to have that crazy dream. We need to be thinking big. We need to be bold. We need to aim high. So I think each and every one of us should be reaching for the stars. My stars happen to be stars. Your stars may be something totally different. By thinking big, we'll be able to achieve the impossible. Sparks is produced by Unboxed and brought to you by the RSA. To find out more about RSA Fellowship and our Design for Life mission, visit the rsa.org.